What's tea, y'all? I know some of you are out there right now having a hard time, having problems in your relationships, having trouble with life, or maybe you're on social media swiping and swiping, thinking, why can't that be me? Why can't I do that? Well, I'm here to let you know that you can. This is Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett, where we not only help you create your own story, but we let you tell yours too. Let's get into it, y'all. Good, yeah. What is tea? I got a special guest, um, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. What's up, y'all? My name's Romeo. I'm 23 years old. Never introduced myself formally on a podcast, so you know what I mean. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> We're here to learn, though. We're here to learn. But it's, uh, I'm I'm happy, and I'm glad I'm able to join you on this podcast episode. It's you know, it's an honor and you know, I'm glad you can have me on your podcast. I really am honored to to have you on the podcast. I know we've been talking about this. It's April 13th now. And we've been talking about this podcast or doing a podcast since like what, January, the end of January. And mm. stuff didn't happen. But I mean, I know God's timing. God's timing. Absolutely. And it's long overdue, but I'm glad we're able to do it now. Yeah. So uh, let's just get into the swing of things. Uh, there's so much that I do want to discuss. Um, don't want to get too deep on too many things because, again, we only got an hour to talk. Mm-hmm. But um, if y'all heard my, my podcast before, y'all already know the first question I'm going to ask with all the racial injustice mm-hmm. and the pandemic and the presidency and everything that's happened last year and even going on to 2021, how has all of this uh, shaped and defined you as a person? Um, the way I look at it is I've always known about it. I've seen it personally. I've experienced it. So it's nothing new, but I'm happy that it was broadcasted to the world. So that way people can really see what it's like to live on the other side of the street, because a lot of people have this dream in America of how things are and, you know, the way it's supposed to be. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows, let me tell you. So, you know, especially specifically with the whole George Floyd um, situation, you know, I saw where people stood and I had to distance myself from certain people um, based on their political views and, you know, and all that stuff. Because I was never, honestly, I was never into any of that stuff. But this particular year, it just shined a big spotlight on the racial injustice going on. And it shined on the previous ones that came before him you know, with Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, um, you know, Trayvon Martin, all of them, you know what I mean? We got to say the their names. The list goes on. Yeah, the list goes on and on. And this is nothing new, you know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of people, you know, you, I might get, I might get some type of, you know, backlash, backlash on this, but, you know, thank you for saying that because mm-hmm. it's going blank. Yeah, we're but, here, you know, we know we can mm-hmm. be here. <laughs> you know what I'm but no, what I, what, I, what, I, what I mean to say is that, you know, we've always had this problem in America, but this particular year and this particular, you know, presidential, you know, team that we had for the last four years um, shined a big Trump. light on. Yeah, uh, Trump the Trump administration. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, even though he, he did some things that are good, he did some things, a lot of things that were bad. Um, I think that I think that a lot of the stuff that Trump did, it's not that he did bad things, it's that he didn't do certain things that could have prevented bad things. Mm -hmm. So you're basically saying you're okay with it. He knew he was very calculated. In no way, shape, or form am I a Trump supporter. I am not MAGA by far at all. But you know, what other president like you could have put anyone else as president do you think they really would have been able to handle what he had to deal with at that moment at that moment with the country going on with the racial injustice and then on on top of that the pandemic you know I don't think anyone could have done anything obviously he could have took a lot of precautions and the necessary steps to prevent and that could have saved a lot of lives but he didn't do that so on top of him ignoring his responsibilities as the president and then not only that but he's also you know sending cat sig- uh, bat signals to, you know, the quote unquote proud boys and all that stuff. Like it was just overall, like, you know, 
it was a bad way to end his um, administration. You know what I mean? It I think that it was the perfect a, And it wasn't way. good for America either. I think that it was the perfect way. If that stuff didn't happen, he'd probably still be in office. And yeah, awesome. so I felt like what happened needed to happen. I'm not saying that George Floyd should have been killed or anything like that. However, like, <laughs> it's sad to say, but like, uh, you know, like a lot of ha- a lot of good things and positive things have happened because of his death. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he, in a sense, sacrificed so people around the world can really see that oh i mean see what many of us have already seen and already know but there's so many other people that didn't didn't know it didn't see it and still to this day don't really get it don't really Mm -hmm. see it but Mm -hmm. i mean i think it it opened up so many people's eyes to how we are still like in you know like we've come so far but we haven't come far at the same time took five steps forward ten steps back none's not not much has changed put it that way yeah but I think that it, the thing is that people think so much has changed because, you know, like we don't have colored only bathroom or white only bathrooms and stuff like that. Like everything's open, you know, and mm-hmm. we can go and we have these famous basketball players and these famous things. But like there's still so much stuff that has gone on to the society and mm-hmm. and um, just freaking the, the system in itself is so racist. And if you're not of a particular race, you don't realize it because it doesn't affect you at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's probably the biggest problem is we as people think that if it doesn't affect us, then it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's one thing, um, you know, and I want to bring up the interview with Dr. Umar Johnson. Like he said, um, I'm not going to quote him, but based on what I've, you know, I'm referencing that interview. He basically just said that they just remodified it. If you really think about it, you know, and the laws that were placed. You know, I've done my homework. The laws that were placed when they were written, they were not applied to all. Because in that in that era, in that moment, exactly. Like, for example, the black people, you know, they were slaves and they were there was called the three fifths law. They were not looked at as humans. You know what I mean? So for them to write those laws and for it to stand to this day, there's so many gray areas. And that is why we constantly go in circles and we have many disagreements, you know, with the left, with the right, Republican, Democrat, white, black, Asian, Hispanic. There's so many gray areas because my honest opinion, the biggest threat to America is white supremacy. No, definitely. I'm not trying to, not trying to get too political or anything, but if you really look at the root of the problem, it's the racist people that yeah. still hold on um i'm not quite sure you know i'm not trying to go off on a tangent but you know thanos right in the avengers he said something like thanos some yeah thanos yeah some, he went something along the lines of you know those that hold on to an image of what was cannot accept what's going to come to be he said something like uh, uh, something along the lines. have that, you ever like, seen the x-men uh i've seen i've seen it i don't okay, really remember so too much but i have seen it i can't recall i can't quote one of these um the lines at all i don't even remember what he said but i remember watching one of the, the last ones that had came out and in what the line whatever he said i was like oh my god like like an epiphany i was like the mutants are black people like when you, when you think about it like that's We're basically learning. they just want to live a normal life they're not trying to harm nobody like mm-hmm. and then this the x-men came out around the whole time of segregation and all this other stuff so mm-hmm. I'm like, there's, there's no way that, that they didn't write this and base this off of, off of uh, blacks and, and whites and how we're treated. I don't know. But that's just my thought. Uh- <laughs> and I would like to add that, you know, I am a Filipino American. So, you know, I do, and I am categorized in the Asian, you know, it, um, category of when it comes to race, my ethnicity. Um, but I want to speak on it because, you know, the whole stop Asian hate thing. Like, you know, I'm behind it 100% support it. The Black Lives Matter. I support it. I don't like it when they abbreviate it because that's how they try to stop the message from getting out there, like to abbreviate and then try to antagonize it to try to make it look like it's some type of, you know, terrorist group or whatever, but it's not, you know, it's literally free speech and all they're asking is to be treated like humans. That is all. But one thing is when it comes to white supremacy, the whole reason why they like to turn it on other races because they want to do the whole divide and conquer. They want to turn us against each other 
and you know you know kind of throw a little smoke screen so that way we don't see what the real problem is you know what i mean yeah because there's a lot of people that are ignorant in situations i'm not saying that i know everything i'm not i am not you know 100 knowledgeable of the situation but based on the information that i do know and what i have researched i truly believe that we are all under the umbrella no one is safe you know unless you're that you know just like hitler you know he when he was going against the jews how he got he was not what he was saying is perfect you know the whole blonde haired blue eyes but he was saying that the reason why i am the way i am is because of them you know what i mean so they're trying to make it look like it's something else when in reality the root problem started with him and then he just had a whole bunch of followers that followed him and that same thing goes with the white supremacy like they have this idea of a perfect america a white america and they don't want to taint their bloodline so to speak so in this world it is accepted to be with other races it is accepted to have interracial relationship the lgbtq community it's okay it's accepted it's you know we're moving forward but like i said with the, the thanos those that hold on to the idea of what was cannot come and move forward because they're still stuck in the past they don't want to accept what is to come you know what i mean so i feel like that's um a major issue when it comes to you know the different movements and when we're using our platforms to speak out and to get the messaging out there i feel like you know we're not heard and the reason why we're not heard is because we like to throw smoke screens and try to blame and turn it on us you know it's like the they're blaming the people that are being oppressed but they're the ones oppressing yeah. what kind of sense does that make you know we see it all day every day absolutely people like to throw stones and hide their hands mm-hmm. well before we go into another topic i want to play a song off of my playlist y'all can get this now on spotify or apple music it's called terrell garnett presents we still matter the song that i'm going to play is by um, recording artist elijah jamal the song's called i'm not okay Today I'm not okay Another mother's child is gone Now she'll never see them graduate I'm worn down from this hate God, if you're listening I could really use your help today Now normally I'd say I'm fine And just put on a smile But I'm in so much pain I'm looking for the sun to shine But in these cloudy skies All I see is rain I'm not okay I'm not alright if I had a tear for every sister's loss, I wouldn't stop crying No, today I'm not okay I'm not okay, I'm not alright When is enough enough for them to care about our lives? No, today I'm not okay song again that's by elijah jamal i'm not okay so i really wanted to play a different song but i couldn't think of the name of it so i just went with that one <laughs> but hey it worked it went wrong with the the whole topic but yeah the song like key parts of that song I, I just really want to read the chorus over it says i'm not okay i'm not all right if i had a tear for every senseless loss i wouldn't stop crying no no today i'm not okay i'm not okay i'm not all right when is enough enough for them to care about our lives? No, today I'm not okay. And I definitely uh, experienced that feeling uh, when all this was going down back in June, July and all this stuff. And I uh, had to reevaluate. I had somebody, a friend, I use that term very loosely, um, hit me up and was like, you need to stop being angry. And I'm like, bitch, 
Like you got the nerve to one to t- to tell me to stop being angry because if I am angry, which I'm not, but if I am angry, I have every right to be angry. And then she told me to pray more. But who's to say I wasn't praying? So I, I just like that if you were trying to be there for me, that was the wrong approach because <laughs> it could have went very left. But I tried to listen to I tried to listen to my auntie Michelle Obama and go high when they went low. But I really should have just went low. Um, and gave her the business that's the problem she wanted the smoke and i didn't give it to her Uh, yeah so next time someone come up come up to me with some stuff like that they gonna get the smoke yes like sit your ass down yeah seriously you got the nerve you don't Mm -hmm. know what i'm experiencing or what i'm going through so how how about you ask how i'm doing instead Mm -hmm. of assuming that i'm angry you lost your damn mind talking to me like that huh seriously disrespectful Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's grace and I gave her some, she ain't getting it well, another, another time though. Auntie Michelle would have, would have been proud of you. She probably would have been proud, but I'm just going to say, you know, I'm not even gonna say, no, I'm going to say this on a podcast. <laughs> Obama didn't do enough for us. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that. Um, because I say that because he's done so much for when he was in office for other people and other, other races, but he didn't do a goddamn thing for black people. A goddamn thing. Um, can you name a, a like he could have easily when all these killings were happening back then set a law in place, but they had it iso- as isolated incidents, so mm-hmm. then no one got involved. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna go to the funeral and help the help the family pray. Nope, don't work that don't work like that. You know, I like right? Obama. I I do, but I'm just saying he he was in a position that he probably felt that he didn't want to get lynched so so he you know he did not everything the Jim Crow laws now huh what was that <laughs> not the Jim Crow laws now yeah, ser- seriously though they still lynching people today but oh, you know yeah, I believe it I down believe in the it. south even in California places but we're not gonna get into all that mm-hmm. um but anyways to just break off to another subject another topic I really wanted to have you on this podcast because we've shared similar experiences um as you know in regards to not having fathers in our lives um and i don't want to get too deep into it because i'm not trying to have you cry on my podcast <laughs> no i'm just kidding We're chopping onions <laughs> <laughs> or or bash anybody that's not not what i want to do on this platform however if it turned out that way they deserve it but <laughs> But I don't I don't really want to um, do that. But what I do want to do before we even get into this, and I feel like this is going to set the tone perfect. And I know everybody knows this scene from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with his father. And I really wanted to um, play this part. You're on definitely going to top the mic. Yeah, right right, I'm already That's getting about. emotional right now. It's the eyes already getting water. Yeah. The gland is watery. Um, but yeah, here here's the scene from um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air where Will when Will Smith's father leaves. Um, so yeah, here we go. Lou, if you walk out of Will's life now, don't you ever come back. Sit down. I ain't got time for no lecture. I said sit down, Lou. You know, Will was doing just fine until you showed up. But now that you're back, you have responsibilities to him. Look, we're still going to take the trip. Oh, bull! Bull! Will is not a coat that you hang in the closet then pick it up when you're ready to wear it. His life goes on. He's not supposed to be here for you. You're supposed to be here for him. You get off my back! You think I want this? It just happened! Now, when Will was a baby, I was scared. Cut the crap, all right? Cut it. Because I've been there. But I didn't run out on my family. I was there every day for them, because that's what a man does. Fine, Philip. You win. You the man. You a better man than me. You happy? Now, you going to tell Will or not? I'm not going to do your dirty work for you. Fine. Uh, I'll call him from the road. Yeah, then why don't you do that? Yeah, I'll do that. Daddy-o! What's up? 
Will, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Um, some business came up I gotta handle. So we're gonna have to put a, our trip on hold. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. That's cool. Just, just for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little longer. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Look, I'll, I'll call you next week and we'll iron out the details, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, yeah. It was great seeing you, son. You too, Lou. Yeah. Yeah, um... I'm sorry, Will. You know what? Actually, this works out better for me. You know, the Slimmies of Summer come to class wearing next to nothing. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, it's all right to be angry. Hey, why should I be mad? I'm saying at least he said goodbye this time. I just wish I hadn't wasted my money buying this stupid present. I'm sorry. I, you know, if there was something that I hey, could Hey, you know do. what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good at it, too, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Did. Got through my first day without him, right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him! I ain't need him then, and I don't need him now. Will. Nah, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm going to get through college without him. I'm going to get a great job without him. I'm going to marry me a beautiful honey, and I'm going to have me a whole bunch of kids. I'm going to be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that, because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? Onions is steaming. <laughs> yeah. Super, super, super serious. Probably the most serious episode. Um, of, well, definitely the most serious episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And one of the, probably the only episodes that I can think of of a sitcom that actually really addressed um, issues such as that. That's so <clears throat> common in society. There's over a million people that don't have their fathers in their lives. Just for one reason or another. More than half is probably because the fathers are deadbeats. Um, so with that, um, how, how did that episode make you feel? What, how, like, how, what did it bring up for you? Any memories or any? I was a kid when I first saw that. I was like, maybe like five, four or five years old. Um, obviously it was a rerun it wasn't live you know I'm not old enough <laughs> to remember that but you know what I mean um at that time I was a kid and it, it explained how I felt you know and then from that point forward that's one of the episodes that I will always remember verbatim like how it happened what happened when Lou's father uh, when Will's father Lou left all that and then that dialogue with Uncle Phil that's unmatched that's timeless because that explains millions of kids with no fathers. That last line that he said, how come he don't want me, man? That's the tearjerker for all of us, bro. When it came to him saying, how come he don't want me, man? That, that goes through the minds of every son that didn't have a father. Why? You know, and I cannot speak for every father out there because there are dead beats, but then there were some you know, that, you know, the very few that the mother made it so hard for the father to see the children. It was almost not worth to, to, you know, I'm not saying there's no excuse, you know, that will validate not being there because there's nothing that can validate you not being there for your child. Yeah. But, you know, what gave me grace when it came to my situation specifically is I did not know what he was going through at that time that he had what he had going on the decisions he had to make, the interactions he had with my mom, I did not know. 
and I was a child. But the one thing that every child will remember is the absence, you know, and, and that's something that I still deal with to this day. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I've um, spoken to my father a few times in regards to the same situation, and he's given me crumbs. Um, no sense of responsibility for not being there. No no really good justification. He actually blamed it on me. He blamed it on my grandparents, blamed it on my mom, but didn't take any responsibility to just say, like, I would have been happier with you just saying you didn't want to be there. I could have respected that answer. Um, but that's not what I got. And I've even tried to, to be cool with it, be cool with you, to try to, you know, it's too late for you to be my father, but you could be my friend. I even tried that approach. Shit didn't work. Um, because again, it's like how Uncle Phil says that like, you know, like he can't take care of you. He shouldn't be chasing you. You should be chasing him. And I don't care how old a child gets. The parent should always be the one to go after the relationship. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, and I find it to be true. <laughs> well, we'll talk. And I agree um, with you. you know, and that I, that episode makes me emotional. I didn't cry this time, but I have before. Um, one battle with the tears. Yes. I was like looking up at the, the light. Lord Jesus, if you hear me. That's yeah. The pause the podcast real quick. Cause I was like, no, we ain't doubt to do this. Um, not on today. <laughs> You're not worth my tears, eh? Hey, um, You're telling me I was going to cry. You yeah, cry. right? <laughs> but if I would have started crying, you would have cried too. So don't even man, try to play hey, me. Man. I would give you a hug through the screen, bro. Yes. But, you know what I mean? And and that goes to the to what Lou and the, you know, the dialogue that happened between Uncle Phil and Lou mm-hmm. when he said he was scared. Okay. Every man goes through that emotion of being scared because you don't know how what kind of father you're going to be. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're in that moment where you are in charge of another life. That is your responsibility. And then when Uncle Phil rebuttaled back, with, I've been there and I took care of my family. And then he tried to throw get, uh, he tried to throw shade at him. Like, you're oh, better you're man. man. You're, you're better the man. Than me. You know, you're better than me. But it's not about that. And that was the pride speaking up because he knew that he messed up. Lou knew, knew he messed up with Will. And Uncle Phil was basically the father to Will. Yeah. And he was just trying to hold him accountable. And when it comes to our fathers, yes, we may not, we may want to know why we, we do want an explanation, but we just want you there. You, you already missed out on the part of teaching me how to become a man. We had to figure it out that on our own through other people, through the movies, through the TV screen, all that. We had to do without him. You know, my uncle showed me how to my uncle ken you know he showed me how to tie a tie that was supposed to be him you know we were the ones shooting hoops together when when i was a kid it was supposed to be him but he was not that person and i'm not saying he was never there because he was but when he was there he was there for the wrong reasons you know so you know with this topic it it is you know very sensitive and emotional and i know there's people out there that are listening to this right now that are struggling with the same thing. And I just want to tell you, you're not alone. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything that you said. I um, I don't even know how I learned to tie a tie. I, I, growing up becoming a man, I've never learned anything from a man on how to be a man. Granted, I did have uncles that were in my life. However, I seen them when I went away for the summer to go visit or whatever, kind of like Will Smith <laughs> or in, in Fresh Prince. Like, you know, I went to go see my uncle Dave's house and I thank him for everything that he has done. Like when I go for the summer, like he'll buy me some clothes for the first day of school or something. And I didn't expect anything like that. Um, um, but to learn something from somebody, I never had a role model, never had any of that. So I really had to learn everything on my own. And I think I turned out pretty fucking amazing. No thanks to, yeah. you know, it's not because of you, it's in spite of you. Um, but I, you know, and then he's like, oh, I'm really proud of you. And I'm like, you don't get to be proud. 
Like, <laughs> you don't get to be proud of me. You, you know, like you shouldn't be proud. You should have been there. You should have at least tried. Mm-hmm. And he, I remember him saying like, well, you never sent me any um, cards or pictures when you're growing up or whatever. Well, one, I was growing up. So how can I send you anything? Two, mm-hmm. the amount of pictures you got were the amount of birthday cards I got. None, zero, nada. I got one birthday card from him. And no, that's a lie. I got two birthday cards from him. And that was after that conversation. And I was like 30 and 31. <laughs> so um, not me telling my age on the podcast, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, <laughs> nothing. And I remember him saying that he, he paid for a birthday party that I had. And I said, okay, one out of fucking 18. Like, that's the least you could do. And you're going to- That's your job. Yeah, like, (laughs) like, do you want a cookie? Um, You don't don't get props for doing your job. You're supposed to be doing that. But um, I I do want to play this song and I've sent it to you before. And it um, basically like, it, it speaks to the heart of me. And I feel like anybody else that, fathers show that they really just didn't give a damn and the song's called didn't give a damn by houston um before i play the song wherever houston's at right now i hope he is getting the help that he needs i know after his little bit of success that he had and i feel like he was still struggling with you know the same situation and he uh tried to commit suicide and tried to gouge gouge his eye out or he did gouge his eye out um, just from whatever trauma or whatever thing that he is going through. Um, I know that it there's been new studies within the last 10 years or so that show that um, the way that a man grows up without a father is a uh, guaranteed for, you know, I don't want to say guaranteed, but it's a, a reflection of how he is. So whether it be you're angry or overly emotional or overly sad, excuse me, um, it's an all contributing factor for your father not being in your life. Study shows us that it, it is to be true. So it is, it is very important for, for dads to, to be in their kids' lives um, because uh, we need y'all. But here is a didn't give a damn. Did you call the doctor? The doctor's on his way. Okay, let's take her up to the second floor. Doctor, doctor, the patient is this way. Have you had a blood pressure? Is everything normal? Yes, everything's normal. Uh, Does she have an epidural? No, she hasn't. Okay, let's go. Get me a clean gurney. Let's go. The baby head is almost out. Come on, folks, let's go. Come on, let's go. Push, Mr. Summers, you have to push. Come on, you have to push. The baby head is almost out. Let's go. Oh, wow. Look at the beautiful baby. It's a boy. What's his name? Houston. Where's the daddy? Don't worry about the daddy. He didn't give a damn. It's all good. I'm doing better without you. Anyway. But it's funny. You look just alike. Now I hear that you wanna see me. But I can't let it go. Not that easy. See a man only knows what he feels. And I feel that I can trust you. Keep it real. I don't need you. And I can't believe that you think that I would ever be like you, cause it's sad, but you're my dad, and I don't know you, even when I see you, it was never fair, probably didn't care that you had a son, why you're on the road, a man is what I can give a damn, give a damn. That I'm just like yeah, you. I'm praying every day oh. that God will change my ways. Cause a man is what I am. You didn't give a damn. You left her all alone. To raise me all alone. It's hard for me to hate you. But she says that I'm just like you. 
Houston didn't give a damn. Um, that bring up anything for you? Houston, if you're listening to this, bro, you know, I just want to send you positivity, love, light. Um, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, we feel you, you know, you're not alone. And, you know, I know you're struggling with that. Or, you know, if you still have, you know, that those thoughts in your head, I, I would hope that you'd seek help. Um, if you need someone to talk to, you know, reach out to Terry, you know, I'm, I'm open if you want to, I don't really know you personally, but if you want to talk about it, I'm here for it, you know, just peace and blessings go out to Houston, man, that was a, that was a beautiful song. Yeah, I remember hearing it when I was in high school, um, and I, uh, resonated with it so much, and I feel that a, a <clears throat> lot of my life, I didn't, um, I, I, I notice now more so growing up in certain relationships that I have, whether it be with friends or, or romantic partners, that um, the, the relationship that I, the non-existent relationship that I have with my dad affects my relationships with other people. And um, I've only uh, necessarily cried over the whole situation of my dad and it's not so much that him not being there because I feel I remember I remember um when I was eight Thanksgiving we we're going around the table and all the kids are saying like how they were at my mom's friend's house they were all saying how they were thankful for their dads and then it got to me and I just started crying because like I can't it's not I can't be thankful for the same thing like that was probably the first time that I I I realized that other people had fathers <laughs> um and that you know they're present in their lives I before that I didn't really think anything of it after that I didn't really think anything more of it it was just you know buried away locked in a locked in a thing and I remember going to church years later and when the pastor like talking to me he's like you had a really rough life and I personally didn't feel that I had a rough life um, but then when he started naming everything that I had been through, I said, shit, I done overcome a lot. <laughs> um, but like, if you're trying to make me feel better, you're making me feel bad. Like, um, what you doing, but it ain't working. It's not working. Cause I didn't feel bad until we had this conversation. <laughs> um, but I feel like it has affected my relationships, how I handle things with people, um, how I go more so above and beyond because I don't want anybody to feel the way that I felt or, or feel at times. Um, I don't know if, if, if you can relate to that at all. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, you know, it, it's like a, it's like holding on to a rose with thorns in it. You know, you see the beauty in people and you see the beauty and you don't ever want someone to feel the way you felt when you were alone, when you were abandoned. Um, so that's why you feel like you need to overcompensate. You need to show people that you're there, um, even even to the people that don't deserve necessarily the friendship that you offer. Preaching to the choir. Absolutely. You know, so I'm here for it. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah, as they say. <laughs> but um, on some real stuff, though, you know, and I wanted to, you know, touch bases quickly on it. I'm not trying to bash my father in no way, shape or form. I, I'm past that. Um, and I'm not trying, and if I, if anyone takes offense to it in my family, you know, this is my truth, you know, and I would hope that you would accept that because this is my point of view of my life. This is my story. This is create your own story with Terrell Garnett Robinson Jr. And I just said, you put my whole government up on that. Right. That's what we're doing. No, but on some stuff though, you know, this is my truth, you know, and I'm thankful that, yes, it may have been painful that my father was not present and still currently isn't present in my life, but I'm thankful because it shaped me to be the way I am today. And I've had many successes and failures that I've learned from throughout my life. Um, but it's definitely something that should not be, you know, overshadowed. We should not forget this because this is what ultimately makes us who we are. Yeah, today, I, 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 I'm not here to bash anybody, but if y'all feel hit, 
a hit dog will bark. Don't feel bad or don't be mad at me or don't say nothing to me for your actions because I'm airing out your dirty laundry or whatever the case is. If you feel bad, I don't really give a fuck. Uh, I'm just gonna put it out there because this, like, if you if you really cared that much, then you would have done something different. Or and then when you were given opportunities to do something different, you would have taken those and you haven't. So if you feel any type of way about this, then that's on you. You're just gonna have to pray to Jesus about it, pray to God about it, because I can't help you with that. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not trying to bash nobody. I'm just telling the facts, um, how I see them to be to be like you know there's no justification you got my number well wait you don't got my number anymore but you got me on social media you can hit me up no if you wanted true. my number you would have asked for it but you haven't tried to hit me up therefore you would have you know you would have known that you didn't have my number mm-hmm. um to brad chalk to think are you in t- are you in touch with any of your family on your father's side um here and there um mainly on facebook like i post you know when i'm with my wife um edith or my daughter michelle or if I'm, you know, doing something, you know, take a picture or I'm showing, you know, the world what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they like it, they comment, but it's really just small talk in, in the comments, no direct messages. Um, I used to talk to them more often. I actually stayed with my father's side in Carson. Um, so I was close to, that was the closest I've been. Um, but other than that, not much was really there. And, you know, to what you were saying earlier, Simple and plain. What's understood does not need to be explained. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If the shoe fits, lace it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Put the bitch on and wear it, but yeah, we can go with lace it up. <laughs> yeah, we got to be politically correct right here. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. People will misconstrue our words. Yes. But, you know, what's understood doesn't need to be explained. So if you understand it, you get it, you get it. If you don't, that's okay. You know yeah, what I mean? More so recently, I know that you know this because I uh, talked about this with you. But in regards to family members, one of my dad's sisters, my aunt has uh, reached out and I was okay. Like I'm really an open person. If you want to have a conversation or whatever, I'm completely fine with it. However, she came on a little too strong. (laughs) And with the I loves you, I'm like, I've never talked to you a day in my life. Um, and I'm about to be 33 years old and I don't understand how you can love me. And then you say you've been following me on social media for the free, the few years and you've never reached out. Granted, it may have been hard. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that, but you need to cut it with all the I love you and stuff because that's way too fast and too soon saying that I belong to you. I don't even know if I really want to have a relationship with you yet. So you need like, it's like pump the brakes or, you know, and I know, I don't think that she means any ill will or any malicious intent or, you know, um, and I appreciate her reaching out and her explanation of things made me be like, okay, here's my number. Um, so I'm still a little hesitant um, to respond back to her last text message. Um, but um I will say that there is grace and by all means if people are trying to reach out and trying to make a difference I say that uh you guys anybody listening to this should uh by all means you don't just give people the opportunity because you never know what can come of it I gotta practice what I preach but that's neither here nor there (laughs) it's it's Um, tough it's tough but back to what I was saying in regards to friendships and how um I feel like they've I've I feel like sometimes that God's shown me so many different signs. There's a song by K. Michelle that's called um, God, I Get It. I'm not going to play it, but by, by all means, y'all go listen to it. Love the record. But she says on the song, like, oh, God, I get it. But then she says that I keep making mistakes. I keep going through the same things. So maybe I don't get it, you know? Like, I keep finding the same type of friends, the same type. Like, and it's like, oh, there's this saying that I used to say all the all the time that like oh like when people are like oh you'll never have another one of me or whatever and I'll be like I can get you on the corner like they 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 come in by you know cheap about the dozen um but and I keep and I didn't realize and I'm not gonna name anybody's name on here because now you hanging around corners now (laughs) never that not I'm not a working boy or nothing like that Uh, but um But I keep making the same type of friends. And I feel like I, I've said this on a previous podcast with uh, Jesse. If you haven't listened to that podcast, go listen to that now. But um, 
where I keep making the same type of relationships where I feel like I need to help or fix somebody and be there overdo certain things where I'm not getting the same in return. Um, Mm -hmm. So then I overcompensate um, just so the friendship or the relationship can stay intact, but I'm then left empty and still feeling alone. So I didn't really receive anything from that, but it's kind of like the whole, and I think we've discussed this before that a lot of times, like we start to look for our fathers in, in friendships or in relationships or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt that that was kind of what I was doing to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Um, and I, I, um, I'm trying to think of the right word to say. I, uh, I, I found, I've learned the error of my ways. <laughs> And I, I'm not making those mistakes again. Uh, shout out to Samo. Um, I greatly shout out to Mariah Carey too, because uh, some of their music has uh, helped me, but specifically Samo. Um, listen to his music, guys, because I feel like it's helped me overcome certain things and things that I have been through and was able to really focus on me and then be able to begin healing. Um, And I feel that a lot of times, like we go into certain situations, whether it be a relationship, friendship, or whatever the case is, and we're not healed from our past, and it affects everything in regards to that relationship. And then we can start blaming these people for shit that's not really their fault. Mm -hmm. Like, I I can't be mad at you for not doing this when this is a whole nother, I'm going to a whole nother podcast or a whole nother thing, but I was going like, where I'm going with this is that there's standards and there's expectations. Mm-hmm. Standards are the bottom line. So standards means that if you don't do these things, we can't be friends or we can't be in a relationship. Expectations was what people earn. You got to earn these expectations. And then once you earn these expectations, they turn into standards, mm-hmm. um, which is again, the bottom line. So if you do these, if you don't do this or you do this, then we can't be cool anymore. We can't do that. And Smack them with an ultimatum. No, right? No, seriously. <laughs> no. Um, and, and in a sense, it's kind of is like it, it, there. It's boundaries, mm-hmm. and, and and it is just respect. And I know people say all the time that like um I, you don't owe anybody anything, but at the same time, I agree with that. You don't owe anybody anything. However, it's not really about owing somebody something but more so the fact of, do they deserve this? You may not owe them an explanation, but do they deserve an explanation? Because mm-hmm. some people do. Like, you know, so it, it, it's, it's really a lot of things in this world, it's, it's how you look at them. It's how you look at it. Um, see, I, was, I went on a little tangent. Let me get back onto the topic. But anyways. Let with, it get it off your chest. <laughs> yeah, with the friendships and stuff, like I feel that I've... Um, I've, um, I said, and I think I said it on one of the previous podcasts, but I said that I'm not making no friend, more, no more friends, no more friends. I'm done. I cut all these people out. And then at the beginning of the year, I said, you know what? I've cut so many people out. I got room for at least two. <laughs> um, and then I organically, you know, met you and we're like thick as thieves. I don't get that, that terminology though. Like I get it thick as thieves, but like, most people snitch on their friends. <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> for a better sentence. So maybe not yeah. thick <laughs> but, but um I um I am happy and I feel that I've said this for so many times to people. Um shout out to Ashley because I've to- told her this that sometimes in life you have to make room for good things to happen for you. You have to make room for good relationships, for good a new job or a new mm-hmm. something. So, and you, that means you have to do work. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go like get rid of friends to, you know, but it's like the inner work you need to do in yourself to be able to have these good things or they're not going to happen to you. I remember that the same thing happened to me when I got a job, when I got a job where I work now, I'm not going to say the name of the company on here, but um, mm-hmm. I was at Vans and I hated it. Um, and um, 
I remember listening to this song by Tasha Cobbs and I was like preaching at the store or whatever. I was, you got to be ready for good things to happen to you. And every time I swear, every time I listen to that song and I really feel what she's saying, I'm singing it and I'm preaching or whatever, something good happens to me. Um, so I remember saying this or whatever, and I was like, you just got to be ready. So I hit up all, everybody that's ever done me dirty or I ever felt any animosity towards or whatever. And I let them know how I felt. Um, and uh, you wronged me, you hurt me, whatever the case is. And you come up in their neck, bro. I, I, I was did it in a respectful way. Um, mm-hmm. They, some of them apologize or whatever. And they're like, oh, you know, well, maybe we could still be friends again or whatever. I said, wait, pump the brakes. <laughs> I didn't get you up to be your friend. That's not what this is. I just <laughs> want to let you know break. what you did to me. So you don't do it to the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, Hit that e-brake real quick. R- real quick. <laughs> um, but soon That's as that great. happened, I was like, weight was lifted off of me free. And then I got a new job, like, like that. So um, with the friendship that I had with you, I, I lost a friend that I was close to that the friendship needed to be done. It needed to be ended. And um, I was like, okay, God, I'll allow somebody to come in my life. And the, like, literally a week or two later, I met you. So like, okay. um, and you know, so I, I say that to people that I say all of this to say, no matter what your circumstances is, if you have your father and he's a shit father, if you don't have your father or your mother's not in your life, whatever the case is, please do the inner work in yourself, whatever that looks like for you. And I promise good things will happen. You, you can't expect good things to happen if you don't have room for them. Therapy, 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 yeah. and more <laughs> therapy. Yeah, that, and that's that. so taboo for guys. Why is that? Why do you think that is? The muchismo, the pride, bro. That's what it is. You know, they don't want to. They don't want to be vulnerable. Um, they they have this shield. I've had that shield before. Um, you know, obviously, I've overcome that. I've reached a level of maturity where I can be vulnerable um, with a ther- therapist. You know, a licensed therapist. You know what I'm saying? We we ain't, we ain't just tough spreading our business out there like <laughs> you know the Fourth of July. No, none of that. <clears throat> but um you know, it's the pride, you know, and to, to, in order to fix a problem, you got to first identify that it is a problem. That's the first Mm -hmm. step, because if you don't see that it's a problem, then that problem will never get fixed or solved. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta put the pride down. You gotta get the help and it, you know, why wouldn't you want to better yourself? It doesn't mean, and if people want to judge you, who cares? It's all about you. Like Tupac says, it's all about you. No, it's fine. But uh, <laughs> one time, uh, but uh, on, a, on, a, on a serious note, though, um, people that are dealing with many different things in this world, um, special circumstances apply. Every It's case by case basis. Everyone has a different specific scenario, but you must get therapy if you feel the need to fix yourself with whatever. You don't have to have a messed up childhood to, to have to go to therapy. You don't have Not to. You, know, you don't have you don't. There's no explanation. Therapy is for every and you know every single person out sometimes there. Sometimes the people with the best childhoods worse off than the people with the messed up childhoods. It'd be like that sometimes. You're not lying. You know what I mean? You are not lying. Um, so what is what is what does uh friendship mean to you? What does a brotherhood mean to you in regards to not having a father and not really being shown how to to navigate being a man? Um, you know. And I, I might go on off on a tangent right now, but, you know, little, little uh, thing I have to say is, you know, the reason why we look for our father and our friends is because we want to feel accepted because we were not accepted by, by our own, you know what I mean? And we want to feel that love. We want to fill that void. And we look for that void in our friends, so to speak. That is why I've seen this statistic. I'm not sure how you know, accurate is, but 80% of fatherless children usually end up with mental health issues and or or end up in jail because in the search for validation, the search for being accepted, the love of a father or even, even a mother, you know, that they're looking for that they did not get when they were younger. So what I look for is just simple and plain. Just keep it 100 with me. And that could go, it, it, there's, it's, it's the same tree. It's a one tree. There's many different branches to that. But all I'm saying is just be honest with me. Be, you know, 
unapologetically you. You know, like I said before, what's understood does not need to be explained. If you are a real person, I should not have to explain myself to you. You should just be able to get it. You know what I mean? Obviously, that takes time because, you know, if I meet you, you're not going to know me right away. But that yeah. takes time. But to invest your time, that is the most important thing. That is the most you know, important thing to watch and save because time you don't ever get back, you know, and when the time passes you by, you're going to look up and be like, wow, you know, you end up either with everything or nothing. So that's on you, you know, and I don't have many friends. I have little to zero friends. Uh, the only friends that I can really think of off the top of my head, and there's no diss to anybody that I do not mention, but these are the ones that I talk to Damn near on a daily basis. <clears throat> Obviously, my wife, um, you, Terrell Garnett Robinson Jr. You need to stop gonna... saying my government on this <laughs> damn show, bro. <laughs> AKA Terry, uh, Sal, um, and that's basically all the people I talk to on a daily basis. Um, and that's fine. I, you know, I'm not looking for any more friends. If you, people want to be my friend, doors. And I have an open door policy. If you don't like the way I do things, the door is open for you to leave. If if you if you want to, you know, be my friend, the door is open. You know, like I said, that can that can be, you know, a bad thing. But I look at it as a good thing, because if you don't want to stay, that's fine. I don't want if you don't want to be here, you don't have to feel like you're forced to stay here, you know, leave. And if you want to be around me, that's fine. I'll welcome you with open arms. You know what I mean? I just need people to understand who I am. And if they like me for who I am, then that's a friendship. That's a, that can easily turn into a brotherhood, you know? What is, what is brotherhood to you? So for those that don't really know. <clears throat> brotherhood is, um, you know, in no way, shape or form am I trying to say, you know, that, you know, you should have an intimate relationship with your friends because that's not always the case, but that unconditional love, that ride or die mentality, you know, if something happens, I got you. And you have to keep it real because you cannot say that you're always going to be there for somebody. Cause sometimes you're going to be put in a situation where you cannot be there, but the follow-up is everything. The checkups, Hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, just a simple text message. It only takes two seconds to send a text message. You know, obviously people get lazy. People get busy. People get, you know, that's understandable, but to show that you care, and you're going, you know, above and beyond for that person. And then that energy is reciprocated throughout the friendship. That's what a brotherhood is to me. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, you know, you need to die for me or none of that. No, you don't want to do all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, just keep it 100 with me, bro. Just keep it real. Yeah, I feel that. You know? I, I think that um, there's different levels of friendships. And I've learned over the years that some friends that I have, I'm just like, oh, you're just a friend I go hang out with. It ain't nothing more than that. And that's fine. And I'm cool with that. There's no level of intimacy there. Granted, I will say people get confused with intimacy and they think sex. That is not what in intimacy is. Intimacy is really just sharing yourself with somebody and, and the words of things that you've gone through mm -hmm. or experiences and just how you feel about certain things. Um, granted, intimacy can mean sex and stuff, but I feel that society has fucked up the minds of America and and make people think that oh you can't hug your friends or if you're a man you're supposed to be like this read your bibles read the story of david and jonathan um mm. and then it'll show you the level of uh what a brother is i mean it's it's in the bible i mean if y'all listen to this y'all already know that i talk a little bit about god here and there um i even had a pastor on my show um and but people get it's so misconstrued um, about what a friendship should be. And I am here to say that no matter who you are, what you are, whatever you guys want in your friendship is what's in your friendship. Who's the fuck to judge you? Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, it just, it's case by case. But I mean, again, I have some friends that like, we just hang out. That's all it is. That's all it's ever going to mm -hmm. be. And then I have some other friends that I'm like extremely close with um, and some friends that, you know, that they just tell me stuff and I don't share anything with them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was going to keep it a bug, you know? Um, but it, and there's nothing wrong with any, any of those types. You got to define what you, you, you and your friend want. Don't expect more of them than they actually are willing to give. Mm -hmm. um, again, that's where we go with the standards and the expectations. Learn that. Have, have serious conversations. Like I'm, mm -hmm. if you call on me, 
I'm not going to be there. So don't call on me, call somebody else. Like ha- have those, those conversations so they don't feel any type of way when you're not there and you mm-hmm. done said this, then the third and how you're a ride or die. And then realistically speaking, you just dying or they just dying because you ain't riding mm-hmm. um, straight up. Um, that just reminded me of some Paul Abdo straight up. Now tell me, do you really want to love me forever? You know, something you know? yeah. bust out that karaoke machine, yeah. brother. Uh, you, it's called karaoke. Karaoke. <laughs> oh no. But um a new segment on the show, bro. Karaoke. Never that. Um, they don't want to hear these busted windpipes. Yeah. Ride and die, like like Mariah Carey's now. I'm just kidding. I love Mariah Carey. She sounded good again for a minute there. It was questionable. Uh, <laughs> you know, up on aisle nine. No, seriously. <laughs> but I do thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. Um I uh I uh, wanted to uh, have you on just so you can share your life, your experiences, um, and just what you've gone through. And I feel like this is a very important topic to have, Mm -hmm. um, being that um, there's so many fatherless children out there, and it's okay, and they're not alone. And I just really felt that... uh, something that I wanted to talk about with you and I felt like you were the perfect person and the podcast I wanted to put this one out on my birthday um I'm 33 bitches and what mm. look like I'm 23 <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah you have anything to say to the people anything that you want to to let them know anything to look out for or whatever uh no nah, listen um you know again I appreciate um you know, having me on your podcast it was a pleasure um you know, I appreciate you bringing me on to tell, you know, my story, um, so to speak, because, you know, we haven't even scratched the surface no, yet. But, yeah, I didn't want to get yeah. too deep. I mean, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, anyways, continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, look out for, um, you know, good, good content coming forward with you. Um, hopefully, you know, um, we're going we're gonna to release it on your on your birthday. So, you know, I know you're going to listen on your birthday. So if you're listening to this on your birthday, happy birthday, my brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, peace and blessings to you with many more to come. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you are appreciated. You are valued. Um, and, you know, I just want to let you know that. You know what I mean? You're a great friend to me. You're a great friend to my wife. Um, and, you know, you're a great overall human being. You know, I, I want you to know that. And, you know, this, this platform that we have, that you have going on, uh, that makes ways for people. Um, man unbelievable you know i wish you many successes with this podcast and i can see you being up there in the bright lights and um you know again i just want to say thank you for having me on your on your show i really do appreciate that i noticed that it's funny that every time i in the podcast and i have someone like oh interest say something nice or whatever yeah i want to promote anything usually nine times out of ten they say something nice about me or whatever and i'm like i realize that i don't know how to take a compliment <laughs> Like I was like, I'm not just, I know that you're just supposed to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the formality, but yeah, I mean, but yeah. I like I do appreciate the kind words. Um, I mean I, it, man. You know, word is bond. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. And I'm going to end this with a song by the Ying Yang Twins. It's called "My Brother's Keeper." Call it Paul. <laughs> this is Midnight Black. With the Yin Yang Twins, my brother's keeper, featuring Anwar. Let's go. They don't know I brought back that Rico. From my escapes to ride on 20 From all the block hustling to rocking shows. We done seen many bumps in the road. Rock is the Indian, Kane is the Yang, but without the both 
bumps in the road Still in the lane, still in the game Never worried about the haters, cause I'm not change And I put this on everything, man I am my brother's all we have for you today i hope you enjoyed yourself on this episode of create your own story with terrell garnett we'll catch you next time